You're listening to the Family Worship Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. At FWC, our mission is to be the church where the love of God is demonstrated freely by me. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at www.fwc-chicago.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. you have a Bible with you or iPad or iPhone or some kind of smartphone. In the Bible in 1 John chapter 3, 16. You know, John, the Apostle John wrote 1 John. The Apostle John also wrote John, of course, St. John, the book of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. I'm always, it's always interesting how, to me, how that 1 John 3.16 corresponds with St. John 3.16. 1 John 3.16 corresponds with 1 John. So St. John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then our text today, 1 John 3.16 says, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought. Now that's heavy right there. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, sometimes the Lord asks us to do things that's very difficult to comprehend. And sometimes it's difficult to do. We know we can't do it in our own strength. He says, if Jesus gave his life for us, then we ought to give our lives for the brethren. Verse 17, for whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. So giving your life for someone does not necessarily mean you're going to die for them simply means that you're able to share that that is a part of your life with those who are less fortunate than you are. It means that we are not selfish. He says in verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in just what your mouth is saying, but let us love in deed and in truth. Just don't say we love people. Let us show we love people. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. How do you know that you operate in the truth and that you are of the truth? It is how you love folks. That's how you know you got the real Holy Ghost. You have the real Holy Spirit, that you are really related to Christ because you love people. You love him and you love people. The world we live in is a world that is devoid of love in many instances. And I just want to use for a subject for just these next few minutes, uh, look at somebody and say, how is your love life? How is your love life? Usually when you ask somebody how's their love life, Generally, you're asking them, you know, who's loving you and who are you in relationship with and that kind of thing. But we want to know about your love life in general. When uh, people of our world will tell you 
that the first law of naturalism is the law of self-preservation. That the, the law of nature is to preserve self. And of course, that's a naturalistic framework of thinking because the thinking of scripture and the philosophy of scripture would be the opposite of that. And that is we would prefer our brothers before we prefer ourselves. That we would give up that someone else may have an ability to achieve. And so when the Bible is very clear that Christians thinking is vastly different from the world, the world is dog eat dog. And the world is takeover. The world is you only go around once and get all the getting you can get. Walk on whoever you gotta walk on to do what you got to do, but do what you got to do. So then we see then corruption everywhere. We see corruption in every sphere and field of life. But Jesus says that the calling card of the brethren or the Christian would be how we love one another. Jesus says to us, the way that you would know that a person belongs to me is not how they speak in tongues. It's not how they shout. It's not the name of their church, not how big their church is, or how small their church is, not how long they've been in church, not how long they say they've been saved. He said, you will clearly be able to understand who belongs to me by how they love other people. He said, it's your love one to the other that will show people the genuineness of who you are. This genuine love then enables us to fulfill the great command of the Lord. Because again, they asked Jesus, what's the most important command in all the world? And he told them that the most important command in all the world, in Matthew 22, 37 and 40, he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your emotional self, all of your soul, which is your mind and your ability to reason and to think, the inner self, the soul, of course, is connected to the spirit. They're inseparable. So your soul and all of your mind, so the way you think, your cerebral your ability to have cognitive thought. I want you to love me, God says, with everything you are. Your mind, your psyche, your soul, your emotional self, your heart. Then he says the next most important command in all the Bible is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if I don't want anybody hurting me, I shouldn't be hurting anybody. If I don't want anybody dogging me, I shouldn't be dogging anybody. If I don't want anybody gossiping about me, I should not be gossiping about anybody else. If I want somebody to help me when I'm in need, I need to be able then to help somebody else when I see that they're in need. So he says to us that loving the neighbor as yourself and then Jesus added in that same text, if you read it when you get home, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, he added in that same text, he says, on these two things hang all of the law and the prophets. And so basically, the law and the prophets at that time was all the Bible that they had because the New Testament had not been written. And so Jesus is saying, if you would do these two things, you then would uh, have everything that the Bible teaches you 
all the laws of Moses, all of the 600 and 619 laws of the, of the uh, scribes and the Pharisees and all of the Mosaic uh, Levitical priesthood law, you would wrap it all up in two things, that's loving God and loving people. If you do that, you would handle all the rest of those laws. And so the passage before us today deals with the concept that the believer has to be a lover of other believers. We have to love each other. Sometimes when you grow up in the church and you grow up in the church world, it becomes apparent that many times, sometimes the church's worst enemy is not the devil. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes it becomes apparent that the church's worst enemy sometimes is not the devil. Sometimes the worst enemy of the church is the church itself. And so until we learn how to not become self-destructive, uh, we really have put the enemy on vacation because the enemy don't need to do much if we will destruct and self-destruct yourself. Uh, and so then this love then for one another becomes the strongest proof of a Christian. What you say about other people and what your tongue will release against another, it becomes the proof of what is happening on the inside of us is how we treat and how we entreat others and how we talk to others and about others. The verses we read then displays very clearly that when we're loving, that the characteristics of love, the characteristics of brotherly and sister love uh, is an extensive love. Somebody say extensive. When you read the Bible, it is Cain that begins to first of all show us what self-love is all about. Cain, of course, in the Bible killed his younger brother and he felt that he had no responsibility for him. When God came to him and said, where is your brother Cain? He asked God, am I my brother's keeper? In other words, do I have any responsibility for what's happening to my brother around me? And the answer that God would give is yes, you are very responsible because your brother was made in the image of God. Your brother is made in the sacredness of who God is. That's one of the reasons why uh, people can shoot each other on the streets and they can and just blow each other away because first of all they don't see the sacredness of God in themselves and if you don't see the sacredness of God in yourself then you will not see the sacredness of God in your brother and in your sister when you have God in you and God shows you his glory and his awesomeness then what he does is he begins to show you himself in other people and then you recognize that other people's needs and concerns are as legitimate as my own. In other words, my needs don't come before everybody else. That your need is just as important as what I need. Your desires are just as important as my desires. And so when we see the sacredness of God, somebody say the sacredness of God. We're starting a new Bible class series on this Wednesday where we're dealing with the awe of God. In other words, we're reclaiming our awe of God because if you're not careful when you're in church for any length of time, if you're not careful, you'll begin to lose your awe of God. In other words, God becomes something usual to you. One of the dangers when I matriculated through seminary, one of the dangers that the teachers and the professors would tell us is that you have to be careful that when you 
study the things of God on such a regular basis and you are uh, enursed within the confines of seminary life, that everything around you is about God, and dissecting the word of God, looking at the scriptures and going through meticulously and studying them. He said you have to be careful sometime because you become so familiar with God and so familiar with the things of God that all of a sudden it loses its awe to you. Sometime when you grow up in the church, church becomes a thing that you're so used to it, you almost come to church feeling like I already know what's going to happen and you really don't come in looking to give God anything specific and particular because you're so used to it and you say it's just church as usual. Let me just tell you this. Anybody that says what well, church is just as usual, that is not a statement against the church. That is a statement against yourself. I, I feel like preaching a little bit. You see, because it means that your awe of God has diminished. It doesn't mean that God has diminished because he hasn't. Maybe it is what you come and what you give to him has so diminished that it has diminished your experience when you come into the presence of the Lord. And so we have to rekindle our awe of God. Every time somebody gets in God's presence in the Bible, you will notice that they fall on their faces. They fall before him and declare how great and how holy he is. Y'all do know we serve a great God. Somebody say great God. We serve an awesome God. And so we're going to deal with that in, in Wednesday and the next series. Get it, you got to get your all back of God. And so the Bible is trying to tell us then what love looks like. Because again, if one doesn't have a relationship with love, then one cannot give away love. Because you can't give away what you don't have. And some people will say that they love you. But love is, is the thing that God knows that it knows no boundaries. Somebody say no boundaries. Love sets no limits. It doesn't set limits. Love draws no lines. Love never says this far and no more. Love, love doesn't do that. Love is true. It's true love without limits. Uh, I, 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 it's a sacrifice. I love you and I'll sacrifice for you. The story is told of the young man who told the woman, I love you. He says, darling, I love you so much. He, excuse me. He said, I'll climb the highest mountain for you. He says, I'll swim the deepest ocean or stream for you. I'll fight a jungle lion for you. And if it doesn't rain tonight, I'm coming to see you at your house. Uh, look at somebody say, that ain't love. That ain't, that ain't real love. See, that's talk is what that is because they're talking a good game. But when it comes to the real deal, I ain't coming over if it's raining. I'm not coming out in the rain. Look at somebody say, they don't love them. They they don't love them. You see, it's not real love. It's not genuine love because genuine love knows no boundaries. It has no conditions. It's not conditional. Love of God is not love if you treat me right. I'll love you if you do me right. That ain't God's love. That ain't God's kind of love. Love is not I'll love you back if you love me. I'll love you. If you be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you don't holler at me, I'll 
won't holler at you. That ain't no love. That's reciprocation. And he says even sinful folk can do that. Real love is can you love a person that's dogging you out? Can you love a person that has no good for you at all but you still love them? Can you love a person when they're turning their back on you but you still have your face toward them? Can you love like that? Somebody say love, love, love. The Bible teaches us what real love is and he tells us to check our love life because love is what it's about. He tells us that genuine love is described in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 as we read that love chapter it is the apostle Paul that says genuine love is clearly described. He says if I speak with the human eloquence and angelic ecstasy and the tongues of men and of angels but I don't love he says I am nothing. He says, I have become like a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal or a rusty gate. In other words, love uh, it produces an eternal effect. It is not just words of eloquence. It is not just a, a, a pseudo spirituality where you look spiritual. It, it is not that. It, it is not keeping the religious codes or the liturgy or being religious. It is not that. It is beyond that. Love, see, see Christian Christianity is not just a religion. Christianity is a relationship. Somebody say relationship. Because see, some people have trouble with the church, thereby giving them trouble in their relationship. I don't have no trouble in my relationship. I don't want to have trouble in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I never fall out with Christ because folk fall out with me, and you shouldn't either. In other words, I don't ever judge the church by church people. I judge the church by the founder of the church and the founder of the church is not church people. The founder of the church is Jesus and Jesus says upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I never judge Christ or judge the church by his people. I judge Christ by Christ. Shake a neighbor hand, look at him like you're mad at him and say, I know I may have upset you sometimes. and I may have done you wrong. I may have lied on you. He said, but the last come and say, but what did Jesus do wrong to you? See, Jesus ain't done nothing wrong to you. And so our worship is not predicated upon people. Our praise and our worship is on the one who loves us and saves us. And his name is Jesus. Look at somebody and say, I love Jesus. And I'm here because of him. We're not here because of people. That means if you don't want to praise him, I'll praise him by myself. If you don't want to shout hallelujah, I'll shout hallelujah by myself. I don't have to have somebody to go in the bedroom to make love y'all better not mess with me I might get raw up in here shout glory in the house somebody we don't need nobody to take us by the hand we know how to love on them all by ourselves because we got a love relationship shout hallelujah in the somebody say love 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 
Let me settle down here. Love, he says, if I speak God's word with power. Listen at him. If I speak God's word with power, the most powerful preacher that ever lived, revealing all the mysteries of God, making plain everything that God says. He says, if I have such great faith that I can look at a little mountain and tell that mountain to jump and that mountain skips out of the way. And you look at him and say, my God, what kind of person is this? But Paul said, but if I don't have love, all of that means nothing. I can have the faith to move mountains, be the greatest preacher in the world. God don't care about how good somebody preaches. God cares that you love the folk you're preaching to. God don't care how great you are in your gifts. Are you going to use your gifts for the people I gave them for? I don't care how much talent you get. Will you use the talent I gave you to bless my people? Shout hallelujah. Look at somebody say, I'm gifted for Jesus. You've been gifted for the Lord. Paul is not diminishing the gifts or depreciating the gifts. What Paul is doing is appreciating love and showing that love is incomparable to anything else. It doesn't matter how great we are if we don't operate in love. The Lord is saying it don't mean a thing. If I give everything I owe and to the poor. In other words, I'm a martyr and I go and be burned at the stake. If I don't love, he said, I ain't getting me nowhere. He said, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I believe. I am bankrupt without love. If I don't have love, then God doesn't care that I died and burned on the stake. If I don't have love, he doesn't care if I take all the money I have and help the poor people in Africa or the people of the world. God is saying, every action that you do. I want it to be motivated not out of selfishness. You do know there are some people that will only do something if you're going to call their name out. There are some people who will only work if you're going to get a pat on the back. Some people will only do something if I'm acknowledged for what I do. The devil is a liar. God said if you got to be acknowledged for what you're doing, then it ain't came out your heart. You don't need nobody to tell you thank you when it come out of your heart. Thank you would be nice, but when it don't come from you, it comes from your heart. Look at somebody and say, I do it because I want to do it. You know, sometimes uh, if you be good to people who are nasty to you, there will be people that will tell you, why do you do that for them? Why are you so kind to them? Don't you know what they've done to you? Don't you know what they said about you? Don't you know how they messed your name and your character up? Don't you know the negative things? How could you be good to them? It's called love. Love them doesn't look and look at the wrong. What love looks at is what the need of the individual is. If Jesus looked at us in our sin, then he never would have died for us in our sin. If he was waiting on us to earn his love, none of us would be in this room today. Because ain't nobody in here can earn his love. He says love 
Love never gives up. Paul says love is self-sacrificing. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want uh, what it doesn't have. In other words, it's not greedy, but it's patient. The word patient is macrothumia. It means to have the capacity to be wronged and not retaliate against other people. In other words, I ain't got to get your back. You ain't got to get them back. Yeah, they got you, but you ain't trying to get them back. You don't retaliate. Love says I can be patient and I can be kind. It doesn't force itself. Love doesn't fly off at the handle. Love doesn't keep score. It keeps no record of wrong. In other words, you don't know. You don't keep a record of what people did to you. You don't say, I remember what you did to me and I'm going to get you back. Love doesn't keep record of stuff. That's why you can love people after they have done negative things to you because you don't keep a record of the negative things. You let that stuff go and you're able to love them because you base your love on the love that God gave to you. It says love puts up with things. It says love trusts God always, always looks for the best. Love never backs up. Love always keeps going forward. In other words, when you love people, you do what's best for them all the time. If it's not best for them, you don't do it to them. If it's not good for them, that's what love is. Love is doing what is best for another person at all times. What is best for them, that's what you do. But sometimes we have to have tough love. Somebody say tough love. Love is not being a doormat. Love is not letting people just walk all over us and do whatever they want to do. No. Love is strong and powerful. Love has the hand. One hand is a hand of love. And love has the other side, which is a hand of righteousness or rightness or justice or judgment even. So when you love, you have to be able sometimes to put some things in their place. We have to have tough love and not become an enabler of folk. We're not manipulated because if you love me, you'd give me the money. If you love me, you would do what I said. No. If I loved you, I wouldn't give you the money because you're going to take the money and go buy drugs. I already know what you're going to do with the money, so I'm not going to give it to you and you can't manipulate me because I know that I love you. If you gave money, you help me pay this bill, you would give me this money. No. If I keep giving you the money, I'm enabling you not to do what you need to get yourself together and do. You know you need to work your job and use your money to pay your bills. Stop taking that money going down to the boat spending all your money on the boat and then you ain't got gas money and you want to call somebody for your gas money. The devil is a liar. Now I know you've been to the boat and now you can't pay your lights and so don't call me for no light money and I know you've been to the boat. Have y'all ever had people that would go on vacation, have themselves a good time and in about a month later they calling you up talking about they can't pay a bill the devil is a liar you can't pay the bill because you went on vacation when you still stayed home and took care of your stuff love does not enable love is tough love is powerful somebody shout i got power
So love is powerful. Love is the thing that the Lord Jesus says, I'm giving you everything. Love is what allows us. It's what it's about. It says love is tough. It's powerful. We need to remember that God has everything that we need. And so he says it's love is not just material. Love is not just giving money. Love sometimes is giving your gifts. Sometimes it's giving your talent. Sometimes it's giving your time. Sometimes it's your ability. Sometimes it's just a hug or a smile. Think about this for a second. When you come to church and people come to church and they don't even want to hug you or smile or shake a hand. Why is that happening? It's happening for whatever selfish reason that they have. It may be a good reason, but at the end of the day, it's selfish. If I come to church and I don't feel like hugging anybody, I don't feel like smiling at anybody so I'm not going to smile and I'm not going to give somebody a hug that may need it. I'm not going to shake a hand because I don't feel like it and I ought to be able to not feel like it. At the end of the day that's really selfishness because since I don't feel like it I'm not going to give what I'm able to give because I don't feel like it. This ain't got nothing to do with how you feel. Let me hit you in on a secret. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. Jesus didn't feel like having folks spit in his face. Jesus didn't feel like people beating him all night long. Jesus didn't feel like a crown of thorns being pressed upon his head. He didn't feel like letting folk nail him in his hands, spear him in his side. He didn't feel like a how you know. Because he told the father, if it be possible, let this pass from me. I don't want to do this but nevertheless at your will God let your will be done so what I want to say to all y'all sanctified folk up in here today when you walk up in the worship center I don't care what you feel like you better love on somebody you better shake a hand and give a smile you better shake off that attitude that you might have because you didn't come here just for yourself you came here to bless somebody else Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah one more time. This is the church where the love of God has to be demonstrated freely. And maybe that's why so much hell has come out on me. Because y'all need to see me take the hell and keep on loving folk that give the hell. Shake a neighbor's hand and say, you got to love everybody. Let them talk about you, but you love them. Let them run you down, but you love them. You keep on giving God glory and keep on doing what God called you to do. Somebody shout, Lord, I love shout love one more time in the house. So genuine love. Somebody say genuine love. Genuine love is not just talk, but it's action. It's what Calvary is all about. Calvary is not empty words. All you got to do is look at Calvary and know what love really is. Real love might be manifested by meeting a need of a person. Sometimes it's manifested by lending a helping hand. Sometimes it's manifested just by listening to somebody. Being quiet long enough to listen to somebody 
somebody else's trouble. Sometimes it is by being tolerant of people. Sometimes it is forgiving folks. You got to forgive people when they have wronged you. You got to forgive them. They don't have the capacity to pay you back. You got to forgive them. Sometimes love is being consistent with others' inconsistencies. Sometimes love is restoration where you got to restore somebody who's fallen into sin. Sometimes love is reconciliation where you work to bring friends back together that have separated from each other. Sometimes love is opening up your mouth and saying something creative and good to somebody else. There are people who will sin and need help. The doctor of homotheology tells us that we all have inherited sin within all of us. We were born and shaped in iniquity. And so God says in his word, love will restore such a one. He said when you see somebody overtaken in a fault in Galatians chapter number 6, he said they were overtaken in a fault. What that mean preacher? Shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, I ain't trying to sin. Can I preach to some real people in here? Say, neighbor, I love the Lord. And say, I ain't trying to sin. That's why the Bible said they were overtaken in the sin. It means that you're running away from sin. But sin got faster than you did. And caught up with you and overtook you. Shake somebody's hand and say, you was trying to get away from it. But it kept on running after you. I wish I had a real church to preach to in here. Some of y'all sisters in here know you was trying to get away from that man. But that man kept on calling you. Every time you thought you got away, he found your number and called you up again. Can I preach to some real fellas in here? Every time you thought you got away from her, she was stalking you around the corner. And the thing about this is, it's one thing when you don't want to be stalked. Y'all ain't ready for me today. It's one thing when you don't want to be stalked. But can I have the real Christians shake a neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, there has been some times in my life that I like that stalking. I wanted them to come after me. I wish I had a real church to preach to. And so what Paul said is when somebody's overtaken in something, you that are spiritual, get underneath them and restore them. He said, when you restore people, maybe they stole some money, but who will be honest in here and say, you felt like stealing every now and then. Y'all ain't ready to be real. I'm the pastor, y'all. But there have been times when I thought in my own mind, maybe I ought to go rob a bank or something. I need some money. Y'all ain't going to be real, but I'll be real. I'm not going to go rob it, but I thought about it. I thought about how could I get away with the thing and sometimes the Holy Ghost has to come in and grab your collar and say shake yourself boy what you thinking about have anybody in here ever wanted to cut somebody y'all ain't gonna preach with me I wish I had a witness in here you feel like ducking them but God said no has anybody in here ever felt like running out on the job and not coming to work 
and lying to your boss about why you're not there. Y'all ain't going to help me at all. You know you was the one that didn't want to go to work that day. So you got up out of your bed that morning and you turn around a lot of times and made yourself dizzy and picked up the phone and called your boss and said, I can't come in today because I'm feeling dizzy because you didn't want to lie about it. Can I preach a little while in here? Do I have anybody in here that put a ball on your stomach and the ball kept rolling off your stomach? You put a tennis ball up there and it just rolled off. Put another tennis ball and it rolled off. You pick up the phone and call your boss and say, I can't come to work today. I can't keep nothing on my stomach. Every time I put something on it, it just rolled y'all ain't ready can I see the real people who say yeah pastor I thought about some things and it almost overtook me but I'm glad that Jesus was around and he sent some folk to help me and the Lord said when you're helping people always think about yourself that's why I don't want to talk about people I don't want to run nobody down because God said when you see somebody in a sin he said I need you to restore them and to help them get out of there and while you're helping them keep all of your stuff to yourself keep all of your negative talk to yourself he said because if you don't handle them right before the day is over you will find yourself in the same mess that's what the text said he said consider thyself Lest I allow you to be tempted with the same thing they was tempted with. Shake a neighbor's hand and say, oh neighbor, how is your love life? Are you loving on anybody today? Jesus said, if I could love you with all of your false mess, you ought to be able to love everybody. Is there anybody in here that know the Lord has loved you? beyond your sin beyond your trouble is there anybody in here that know that God had to put up with some stuff from you but you're still here is there anybody in here that wanted to backslide but the Lord didn't let you I wish I had a real church cause some of y'all looking at me like you ain't never done nothing wrong when if you would tell the truth if God will put an LED across your head and show us some stuff that you thought about we might not want to sit next to you but thank God for his grace thank God for the Holy Ghost thank God for the love of Jesus he loves me in spite of everything he loves you and says I want to save you shake a neighbor's hand and say Jesus want to love on you will you let him love you look at somebody else throw your arms around somebody and say this one is from the Lord some of y'all still ain't ready God's waiting on you to show somebody else the love I show
told you give somebody a smile give somebody a handshake tell somebody it's gonna be all right show a neighbor God's gonna help you you might be down but love love lifted me when we were sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply we were staying with thee going down sinking around no more but the master I wish y'all knew the master what is his name his name is Jesus but the master of the sea heard my cry from the water he reached down and lifted me and now I'm safe tell somebody love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love love lifting me is there anybody here that's been lifted by love you've been lifted by prayer you've been lifted by power shake somebody say that's why I praise him that's why I worship him he loved me no matter what he healed me no matter what somebody give God a praise give him a love praise Give him a love praise. Somebody say, Lord, this is because I love you. This is because you love me. Somebody say, Lord, love me like that. Love me in a special way. Love me in a special way. Love me. Love me. Shake a neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, you want somebody who will love you like Jesus loves you. You want somebody who will love you like Jesus loves you. They love you with your faults. They love you with your inconsistencies. You want them to love you like Jesus loves you. Oh. But you got to love somebody the way Jesus loves you. I said, you got to love somebody the way Jesus loves you. Whether it's unconditional. Yeah. You saw what they said, but you still love them. You heard what they did, you still love them. Yep, they tried to hurt you, but you still love them. You love them unconditionally. Yep, they left your church and talked about it like a dog. Like they never went to it. But you still just love them. You're not angry with them. You don't get mad at them. You just love them. People are entitled to whatever their opinions are. Their opinions are not your opinions. That's theirs. You love them. Let them do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. How can I show the love of Christ if I don't get evil treated against me? It is impossible to show the love of Christ unless something evil is being done to you. I said it's impossible. 
to really show the love of Christ unless something bad is happening to you. That is your opportunity to show the love. They lied on you, but you didn't lie back. They talked about you, but you didn't talk about them back. They said negative stuff about you, but you didn't say anything negative about them. They ran you down, but you didn't run them down. They treated you ill, but you treated them with kindness. He said, love your enemy. Do good to them that despitefully use you and pray for them that persecute you. Do good back to them. When I have trouble with people, I pray for them. When I have trouble forgiving, I pray for the person I'm having trouble forgiving. I pray for their blessing. Altar workers are coming right now. Give God praise for, for love. Jesus said, I love you so much. Listen, I died for your sins that you don't have to die for one. Tell somebody, I'm never going to hell. You don't ever have to fear hell. I never fear, I ain't never had a dream about going to hell. There ain't nothing in my subconscious. Because Jesus died for my sins, I've been born again. Somebody say, I've been born again. I've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of my sins, according to Acts 2 and 38. I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't go to hell. It's not possible. I've been forgiven. Somebody say, I've been forgiven. He said, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. The waters of baptism are ready for you. Last week we were working on them. Uh, they, they had finished out and put all the stuff into the chemicals. So, you know, you got to let it even out. Now the chlorine is just right. Look at somebody say, it's good and clean for you now. So we're going to baptize you right here in the school, in the, in the pool, right in the pool here. You'll wash away every sin you've ever committed. And God says, now when I see you, I no longer see you in sin. I no longer see you as dirty. I see you as being cleaned and washed by baptism in the blood of the Lamb. It is by faith. He washes away sins. He washes away the failings of yesterday. If you have been a person who has been promiscuous sexually, you will be a virgin all over again. White as snow. I wish somebody would understand the power of the gospel. The power of the Holy Ghost. It will be like a virgin all over again. Because he will cleanse you from the inside out. He will take away all the curses of your past. Generational curses. And replace them with generational blessings. So whatever has been a curse in your family history, God said, at this point, I'm going to turn all those curses around because you belong to me. And I'm going to bring generational blessings in your family line from now on. Because you belong to me. And I love you with an everlasting love. Don't you ever let the devil make you think Jesus don't love you. Don't you ever allow the enemy to make you feel like because of whatever you've done or whatever you said that God don't love you anymore. He loves you, he said, to the end of time. He said, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor things in the past, nor things in the earth, nor things under the earth. He says, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's spiritual, natural. I don't care what he says. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, from the love of Jesus Christ. You know how you feel when you know God loves you? Listen to me. When you know Jesus loves you, you can love anybody because you know you're loved by Christ. Listen, when you know Jesus loves you, you're not afraid to enter into relationships with other people. 
with? What if they hurt me? What if they leave me? What if they drop me? Listen, when you give Jesus your heart, you can give your heart to others. Because if they, come here, come here, come here. If you, if you, give, if you give your heart to Jesus, and Jesus has your heart, he has you and your heart, then you can take your heart, uh, 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 come here, come here, Ronnie. You can take your heart and you can be careless with it. If you don't give it to Jesus, if I drop you and you drop your heart, it just gets walked on. It's just down there. But if you take your heart first, come here, Jesus. And give it to Jesus. Holy Jesus. Now Jesus got it. You can give it to anybody now. Give it to him. Now, if he decides he don't want to do you right. He don't want to treat you right. And he drops you. Jesus still got it intact. You're not going to lose your mind. You, you're not going to lose yourself because somebody walked out of your life because you gave your heart to Jesus first. When you give it to Jesus, you can share it with everybody else because it don't matter what they do with it. Jesus holds it intact. Shout hallelujah in here. So give it to Jesus first. Somebody say, my heart belongs to the Lord. Say it, my heart belongs to the Lord. My heart belongs to the Lord. Oh, how He loves us, He loves us, He loves us. Come on, and say, oh, oh, oh.
what Jesus says of us. He was sent to die for you. I love you. He was sent to shed his blood for you. He was sent to hang on Calvary's cross for you. God a praise for these souls. You've got a praise for baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, removal of sin. We thank God for deliverance. I'm glad he loves me. How's your love life? Your love life is intact because your love life is in Jesus. You ain't scared of being in a relationship. Because Jesus has your heart. You're not afraid of what somebody might do. Jesus has your heart. You've been hurt before. You've been walked down on before. And you're still here. Jesus has your heart. He said, I'll hold it together. He is the mender of a broken heart. He Thanks for listening to Family Worship Center Podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address fwc-chicago.org to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Join us next time for another edition of the Family Worship Center Podcast.